Hello and welcome to the DM's Book Club, a podcast where we read about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we can fit it into our role-playing campaigns. With me, as ever, is Fiona, the host, the founder, the oh. ruler, the the oh, no. least many the the zenith. Um, <laughs> just just your, your majesty the will do <laughs> oh no oh, wow oh, oh, oh. <laughs> i don't know i'm trying to think of like other high level maybe, maybe i you you are my alex horn and i am your greg davis taskmaster style uh, yeah how about that yeah okay. <laughs> uh hamilton how are you my friend how am i i'm, I'm good now <laughs> good yeah, now now that we now that we're here <laughs> now we're here no uh yes i'm very well thank you how are you fiona good i'm good um i picked this topic coming up and i'll admit i think this is the first time in a while i've certainly bitten off more than i can chew (laughs) this is when you this is the first one you've had to message me five days in and say we're gonna split this in two (laughs) and i was like thank god uh yeah so uh yeah. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even get I'm anything sure. about responded. I think I just went, okay. Because <laughs> it was like, <laughs> as if that's obvious. Interesting though. Definitely interesting. Before we get yes. on to our topic though, we normally, yeah. we didn't, we haven't talked about this yet in our hours of chatting already before we did this recording. How mm. was your D&D game yesterday? It was very good. Yes, we are now level 19. You know, when it's the final stages of the third act and we're like mm. wrapping things up and there's a massive problem that we have to solve when anything, any, it's basically, if you imagine like a huge big puzzle and we're like, there's four options we can do first, but we have to do them all. But depending on which one we go first will impact the others and means that there may be people will be aware of our, that we're there. Maybe we're going to lose time. If we fuck up at any point, uh, the worlds are going to implode. And so it was that sort of thing where sure. we were just all going, we're all like, which one should we do first all that sort of thing uh so we had that sort of like mild dilemma between the the three of the players but the fun bit and i'm sure we'll again at some point we'll have to do a dm's book club on uh spells that uh, you should watch out for for a dm like wish and all that and time stop and all that sort of thing my friend sam used for the first time i've never heard of a spell before but it's called maze and it's an eight level spell it is a check, not a save. So we got rid of a legendary creature which um, <laughs> couldn't use its resistances and we're just hoping it doesn't roll any higher than a 20, mm. an uh, intelligence check 20, before we finish up what we need to do. But it's currently stuck in a maze for 10 minutes. Mm. And so I like to think it's that screensaver, that old Windows, yeah, Windows. screensaver. Like, yeah. It's like, it's just so... But it was incredible because we all were like, does this mean it's it's gone? Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, we were like, had that roll and then they were like, it doesn't reappear and we're like oh we got a quick and then we finished the session unfortunately we were getting late but we were like oh so yeah so that was a, a very cool spell that i had not i had not seen the only before. other maze it makes me think of is the one from Encarta when you have to answer questions with the weird creepy clown oh the jester yeah the jester. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh hamilton i know i would be mm. we could talk about me doing dmd for yeah. a long time what's our topic today what's the one where what i was like topic? well what is the topic whoops. well it's not yeah. actually i'm gonna give the players a bit more in background it started first off let's do let's do ravnica and then it was yeah. like well let's do a couple of let's do a couple of chapters of ravnica then it was like let's yeah. just do the guilds of ravnica, guilds of ravnica. Let's, let's just do half the guilds of ravnica let's do half the guilds of ravnica <laughs> yes and yes. then we'll do the other half next week <laughs> so yeah, that's what we're doing exactly that is what we're doing so yes yeah, so ravnica uh, for the uninitiated i'd say including myself it's the first dungeon and dragons magic the gathering setting that got released a couple of years ago mm. so this is originally a setting for magic the gathering um it's been the subject of eight card sets which i didn't realize and amongst fans of magic it is one of the most popular settings because mm. of the world's 10 guilds strongly supporting the way the players build their decks. In case you haven't played Magic at all, this idea that you said, you know, you build your decks depending on different sort of uh, energies and that sort of thing. Mm. So, And they're always based around a theme or a family and all that sort of thing. And and then you fight other decks, essentially. Which I know is very, that's <laughs> a very convoluted, like, plain speak way of doing it. But the idea that you had 10 of these different kinds of guilds that mm. use different combinations of, of these energies and stuff, it was just interesting so it made sense for wizards to be like well why don't we just create a setting for it so that magic the gathering players can 
come into D&D rather than the other way around. And of course, we've seen it with other settings as well. We've got this mythic Odysseys of Theros. That is also Magic the Gathering setting and Strixhaven most recently. However, unlike Strixhaven, which was made at the same time, so they were made as as concurrent D&D and Magic the Gathering releases. Ravnica was around for a while, I think, before. Yes, Ravnica has been around since sort of early noughties, I believe. So. So it's interesting, and it's one, the reason I wanted to cover it was because nobody talks about Ravnica. <laughs> it's like some yeah. sort of big secret. And actually, I don't know of any actual plays off the top of my head that do Ravnica either. Mm. There probably is one, but I'm not. it's not popular. It's not like um, Eberron, which is definitely more people are in that world. Exactly. So the only references I know of Ravnica, and, and the only reason I know how to pronounce Ravnica, is because Acquisition Incorporated did a couple of episodes in Ravnica when Jeremy Crawford took over and sort of introduced this whole world and stuff like that. And they fought against various guilds and stuff for like two or three episodes because it was all live shows mm. rather than an like ongoing series. And then they quickly disappeared off into another realm. And it makes a lot of sense, as we'll find out, because there's a very lot of acquisitions incorporated relational things to the sort of guildness and the sort of levelling up in a guild that we'll talk about. So that, as I said to you earlier, I said it has that sort of feel to it. So the setting then, Fiona, it's kind of cool, right? I quite yeah. like I quite yeah. like the sort of central European sort of like character to the sort of architecture and styling of it, which is what they say that's like built on a it's a, a world that is covered in a singular city, which is Ravnica itself, and the world is called Ravnica. But it's all this arch this sort of like Viennese and and uh sort of Florence, yeah, sort of like Hungary, uh, what's it, Budapest sort of style of that sort of that sort of areas of like central Europe sort of stylings that's quite beautifully rendered in the books and as with mm. a lot of the D and D books, lots of great art. But it's it kind of is quite evocative and it does have its own quality to it, which reminded me personally a little bit of when I first listened to Campaign Two of Critical Role was mm. that just noticing that like a lot of settings that we have, we have a lot of we have the classic medieval you know, setting, which is very Anglo, you know, Anglo-Saxon slash bit of French influences as well, sort of Gallic uh, sort of qualities. Mm. But there's very little in the way of like, you know, Germanic, like uh, sort of moving into those central, like Hungarian and even Italian Mm -hmm. sort of innate sort of like Renaissance stylings. I don't even see a lot of that in D&D. And I think Mm. that this brings a little bit of that, and so did uh, Campaign of, of uh, which I think made Campaign Two quite particular and, and individual with the fact that it was very European. You know, it was mm. very it had that German um, Duendalian Empire, and it had the very Mediterranean the Crin, and yeah. the Crin Dynasty being mm. it's like well, I guess that was slightly its own thing, but uh, yeah, I was thinking more Nicodranus and all that stuff. It was all the sort mm. of beaches and stuff, which was all yeah. anyway. I think it has its own quality, which is which is yeah. worth investigating. This idea that the whole world is based around these ten guilds that have the relationships with the others, they hate each other, they you know they're vying for power. So there's this whole big power struggle between ten of them. Now I know people will be like, oh, ten's a lot. But it makes sense for Magic the Gathering. So it, that's why, again, I suggested kindly that we break it up into two just so we can have a bit mm. of detail on it. But as well as that, it just feels like there's a lot you can do with it. But maybe it just doesn't stand out compared to other campaign settings or so you like Theros you're like okay you've got your Greek mythology yeah. so you're gonna have different monsters and Strixhaven always based at a school etc mm. oh you got all these other adventures that you know thinking about what came out like Rhyme of the Frost Maiden oh yeah. that's um that's your that's your, your snowy peaks exactly you know, so whereas this is like this is a huge city Mm. with 10 guilds i just don't think it's marketed right i think that's what it Mm. is because i think it talks about the guilds and not about the city and the setting and i think a lot of those really play off their setting and so it's the political central european drama Mm. of like your what's those a borgias show or like you know do you know what i mean it makes you think of a versailles a little bit that sort of Mm. show that sort of like renaissance which again is something that I think people, a lot of like indie TTRPGs play a lot on and and, and yeah. get interested in. And I think it's something that, that I think maybe it just isn't the right book or the right way it's been published. But I think mm. there is a, there is something there that could be very individual. And just to say like, yeah, each of these 10 guilds, they have their own distinct identity and sort of civic function. So they actually have to work together in order for Ravnica to 
come about, right? And mm. and each of them, it's what's interesting, and as we'll go into, each of the guilds gives sort of a purpose and what their goals are, general sort of identity, suggested class and races for each one, which mm. again, maybe we'll come away from that a little bit, because obviously you can play anything and anyone now, mm. which is fine. But it gives a little reason why, but, oh, it, for example, oh, you're playing a cleric? Well, then you could have a specialist role in this particular one, if you're a spellcaster, mm. this one, which I thought was quite cool, that people with certain roles will have certain things that are different in each of the guilds, and they'll put that skills to use so no one is ever underutilized so to speak what i also thought before we go into sort of maybe diving into a little bit more about the other cool thing about the setting which is the renowned stuff is that i think you could have you know how i was saying before with blood hunters when we talked about that last series mm. i think you could have one-on-one games using ravnica oh yeah because it talks about, there's a whole bit about it talking about why you would join a certain guild and how you could have parties that are all from the same guild or parties all from different guilds and how you deal with that. But I feel like certainly like we're going to talk about House of Demir and stuff like that. You could easily do one-on-one sessions where you're just getting oh, contracts yeah. and stuff like that. I actually could see everyone playing the same guild as well. And that mm. could, depending on what that guild is, what their mission is and like what they're trying mm. to get. If people play in different guilds, that's fine. You just maybe need to work a little bit harder than that. But I easily, when I read this, I was like, oh, you can do one-on-ones really straightforward and also because it could be a very particular focus on someone's journey to the top of a guild which i think is really exactly i think you're right or it's like except that one person's going to take on that mantle if that's what you want to do in a group game. Let's quickly talk about the history of Ravnica mm. in a very, very positive thing. So you could read all about this on the Forgotten Realms wiki. 10,000 years ago, these 10 sort of armies were fighting for control and it was conflict and terrible. And it ended because of this creation of a magical contract of immense power known as the Guild Pact. So each of these sort of 10 leaders uh, were the signatories of these guild packs, and then eventually they became the first guild masters of Ravnica. And this, the text of the guild pack spelled out specific roles for each guild within the infrastructure of Ravnica itself, so it allowed the city to grow whilst also allowing the guilds to coexist in peace. So it's basically a big peace treaty. And then it sort of ended... There was a big celebration which sort of broke and then the balance was sort of shattered and Ravnica was sort of thrown into this chaos again. And as a result, there was sort of people trying to take advantage of stuff and everything. And eventually the power was sort of restored in an actual person, like a a living person who became known as the Living Guild Pact. This idea that his word becomes law. He says something, it happens. But he is a planeswalker. So for decades at a time, he will disappear and go mm. off to other planes and help out with stuff there before coming back. Now he's set up this idea that it's modern day Ravnica and the leader, the person, the guild pact isn't here. And so you have these guilds are like, um, I, I'm just going to grab some power. Should I do yeah. that? You know, and it's, and it's just that tension. So it's that idea. That. Yeah, that little bit of conflict. We've talked about mm. it in a previous uh, podcast, this idea of Someone conflict. Someone might come back at any minute. The teacher could come back any yeah. minute, but that that sense of, mm, I could... I could write something on the on the blackboard, you know. I mean, I could go to the, yeah. I could start messing with the equations or something like that. It's that sort of thing, isn't it? It's interesting because now you have this whole sort of themes about like sort of subterfuge, sort of mm. infiltration, sabotage, theft, deceptions. So it's a whole political. It's almost like a cold war type campaign between the guilds yeah. and that's where most of the adventures are about it's not about saving the world you might clear dungeons of monsters or something like that or you might steal an artifact mm-hmm. but essentially the story is always focused on this power tension between the guilds mm-hmm. and that is interesting because i don't think there are many games that really deliberately focus on that it's always yeah. like beat the big bad boss at the end this is so different because it's such little shifts of power between the guilds which might come to nothing because the living guild pack might just come back at any point it sets up a really good as i said a level of tension creates a really good sort of level playing field of like there's an order with this just like enough freedom for it to go whatever way you want it to go and push in different like why would it leaves that answer of why would they want to break this pact or why would they want to break the the stalemate well it's because there's a really good reason a little bit unlike in the Planescape campaign, because it's very similar in that sense. It reminds me of Sigil a lot, you know, in the sense that it's factions. That's factions and they have faction hierarchies and there are similar things. And the, But the, unlike the factions in Sigil are much more philosophical based, these are much more, they are still philosophical, but they've definitely got much more action behind them as well. But in that setting, you've got this Lady of Pain character who literally lords over everything and can amaze people at any five seconds. So you, the sense of like, they do try and push, but they push much more subtly. And if one gets too powerful, there's just a, there is a God being who can just go, no, 
whilst in this setting yeah. you can keep pushing and pushing uh, you know which kind of makes it more interesting i think what i would say like and again not to spring it on you hamilton at all but in chapter one there is an interesting questionnaire for if you're trying to pick what guild you want to be uh it's like a little flow chart which is quite cute Uh, i've never seen that before of a a, like if you're not sure what to play because again i guess it's supposed to introduce DD players to the world of ravnica and obviously 10 guilds as we've discovered quite overwhelming at times so it was just interesting to see that like, you could have this questionnaire and just have it picked for you. You could roll randomly, all that sort of thing. But this, and this is the key thing. Obviously, there's 10 guilds. Majority of people in Ravnica do belong to a guild. However, there are people who don't belong to guilds. They're guildless. And about 50% of the population aren't stuck to a guild. So there's this other, this a silent majority, mm. I guess, that's, that has a voice, but also it has a tension there as well. So maybe like an unofficial 11th guild, the, the guildless, that sort of thing. And so you have to maybe deal with them as well, that people might treat you differently because you lose a guild, you, you are excommunicated or exiled from a guild and that sort of thing. There's rules for all those the ways for changing guilds. What you know, what happens when you gain enough renown and you go up and, and if you leave a guild, what happens to that renown and all that sort of thing. So there is a lot in that first couple of chapters about the rules, essentially, the social rules of it, which I think are important for this setting when it's all about the power struggles between guilds. So I'll quickly just talk about Renown before we go on to the actual Mm. stuff. So Renown, it's basically what sets Ravnica apart as a Magic the Gathering campaign setting. It's just similar to how there was piety in uh, Mythic Odysseys of Theros and how you have basically the report card in Mm -hmm. Strixhaven. Uh, Renown essentially is that as you advance and, you know, sort of rub shoulders with the rest of the guild and that you do... You advance their goals, so does your status. And as you sort of go up, you get additional boons and stuff. So it sort of tells you about general things you get at levels. Like, I think it's like, it depends on how much you get. And again, that's up to the DM's discretion. But essentially, within all these guilds, there are sort of four unofficial ranks. They could be like, oh, you get them in this order, or they're not associated at all, or that sort of thing. But it's usually four different things that are specialized, and you get certain benefits on that, as you, you were sort of saying, raised with the ranks until possibly you're going to be one of the heads of the army or one of the advisors to the guildmaster or even the guildmaster themselves. And the same thing happens in the joining the factions uh, in Dragon Heist. You get renowned points as well. So it uses a similar system as well. So it's, yeah, it's similar a similar system. So should we talk about what these first five interesting guilds are sure so what, what about what are the first five hamilton what is sort of what would be your spark notes uh summary spark notes. The, the oh, sort okay. of bio of each one <laughs> okay the bio of each one so you have first up the azorius senate uh basically bringing order from chaos is the term it says they they are the legal and bureaucratic backbone of the city it is your lawyers, your judges, your senators, basically, yeah. of the city. Agreed. In a nutshell, that's yeah. what they do. Make the laws and enact the, not enact the laws in terms of policing. But they do have policing, sorry. They do uh, have a police force. But it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's police force, legislative yeah. and judicial exactly. stuff. Exactly. That's yeah. it. That's it. Then is the Boros Legion, which is righteous zeal, soldiers who take up steel against the corruption and lawlessness that ignore the Soldier America seen a little bit as uh, they're a military enforcer but with a hint of uh, vigilante and uh, righteousness chucked yes. in there measure if they see wrongdoing they're going to sort mm. it they're not going to have ask questions later that's the sort of yeah. vibe you get from the other sort of a standing army of Ravnica. Yeah. they're like a bit like the harmonium from from sigil yes it's very similar house dimir Yes. Um, is a dark secret behind a facade of respectable messengers and reporters looks an association of spies and assassins love it love uh, it yeah yes pretty much says it all really I don't think he's able on that recently thought extinct so that's the uh, idea yeah. that they don't exist anymore but they yeah. do yes. ah yeah <laughs> exactly then the Golgari Swarm teeming masses that compose the arts themselves pragmatic above us uncovered the fact that death is a part of the cycle of life they're interesting. They are the Ravnica's agriculture and manager of waste. I know. Is... I love that. Again, I, if you think of like Parks and Breck, it's yeah. like the Randy from the sewage yes. department or, exactly. or whatever it is. And yeah. you're just like, oh, yeah, manages food production and organic waste. And I, but I do love their yeah. description and stuff, which we'll go into. Yeah. But it is a bit like, yes. ooh, 
don't like that. <laughs> They're sort of like the recyclers, but in more ways than just your waste. Do you know? Oh, the, do you know what I mean? We're, we're taking out the recycling and you're dead. And yes. you're dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and we're going to grow some fungus. Uh, so <laughs> it seems like there's all those people. And then the Gruul clans, which is yes. very much your barbarians, but you're very much associated with nature and imposing, um, well, anarchistic in the sense of wanting to remove civilization in a yes. way for a more natural primal world is kind exactly of I, I completely agree yeah they don't like civilization they mm. sort of on the fringes of society uh, mm. yeah they i mean they used to be sort of the keepers of the ravnica's wilds but now they're just nothing but this sort of loose affiliation of berserker clans who seek to wipe civilization from the plane mm. which is like Ooh, interesting. So yes, yeah, so those are the first five, and I think they're an interesting bunch to sort of compare and contrast to, because yeah. uh, obviously you got law on one side, and then no law and uh, lack mm. of civilization on the other. Food, <laughs> yeah. uh, army, and secrets. House yeah. Demir, which I'm just like, yeah, it's my favorite one. I'm sorry, but it is my favorite one because it's so <laughs> cool. I mean, again. I was reading it and I went, well, I know which one uh, Pierre is going to choose because, uh, well, <laughs> it's well, obvious. Yeah, yeah, it is. It I, is I'd be interested to know which one you think I would choose. Out of these first five? Oh, no, because, well, yeah, okay, that's giving it away because one of them, I wouldn't choose it. I think, <laughs> I think if I was going to choose it, it'd probably have to be the Dimir out of all of them because they're the most yes. fun. Do you know which one I would choose? Out of, well, out of all, all ten of them? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's a tricky one. Maybe the Is It League, perhaps? The, the it was between the Is It League and the Slesner Conclave, because, but I didn't Ooh. like their army bit. I just liked the idea of they're about peace and going into <laughs> the nature and, and having harmony between nature and civilization. Uh, and uh, I was going a bit hippie happy. I kind of like it. Hippie happy. Yeah. That's, it has dryads in it, and like it's all a little bit you know, fun. But we'll come that's, to them next We'll come back to, come to that to the next episode. Let's start at the beginning, the Azorus Senate. Is that how you mm. pronounced it before? Azorius. Azorius Senate. Senate. So this is the idea. It's very similar to uh, how laws work in, in, in most countries, but the idea that you have sort of three branches, each led mm. by an arbiter, and the capitals are these sort of three columns. They are the triumvirate, mm. which then advise the guildmaster, which happens to be an ancient and wise thing. So this idea that you can't mm. trick them in any way. They're sort of they're all knowledgeable and all knowing, that sort of thing. It's really annoying they didn't call the... Because they have, obviously, they called them the columns and then the capital of a column, because that's the top of a column. They didn't call either the judge, the supreme leader... The entablature or the pediment, <laughs> because that's what it should have been. Because oh, that's they, the next they step. They missed a trick. They missed their architectural rope, their classical architectural notification. They got. They, I like the fact that they realised that cap, they knew that capital was the top of a column. It's not a lot of people know that. Well, you can write into Wizards of the I Coast. I will write into Wizards of the Coast and say, I'd like them to be called the entablature, please. <laughs> or the pediment. And, and then they'll say, in your world of Ravnica, they can be. And it, well, we they can will. End. That's what they. Oh yeah, of course they are. That's what they're called now. So yeah, so of course on one hand you've got like a, a column that's all about judges and extensive mm. legal apparatus around them. Then you've got uh, another column that sort of it writes and enacts the laws, and then mm. finally you've got the enforcers of the laws, aka yeah. the magic police force, which magic I'm like, police. I really like this concept. It, it made me think of obviously like stuff like the Watch. Bit of Minority Report in there as well, isn't there? Minority Report was the one I had as well. Because they've got precogs. They've, they've got, got precognition pre thing. I was like, so wait. So cool. Law Mages is the mm. official title. I was thinking about Harry Dresden, that sort of thing. Arresters mm. as well. So yeah, these are in the law enforcement sort of branch. Mm. These are the different roles you could have and each one mm. of them like Law Mages and obviously anything with Mages obviously Spellcaster but mm. the Arresters they're more sort of like the fighter types all that sort of thing. So again, there's a role for anyone, and you could fit it in pretty well. I love the idea, and the other thing I'd say with all these girls, I meant to say this at the beginning, is that it has it breaks it down into this like the what's what it is, the goals of this guild, what kind of characters are part of, so like what usual types of alignments, suggested races, classes, classes, yeah. Um, but what I do think is quite good is like you might enjoy this guild if you like any of the following statements. Mm. So for Azorius, you've got drawn to the idea of a hard-bitten police officer trying to impose order on a chaotic world. Mm. If you like the idea of using magic to control enemies, 
or if you like in playing an enchanter wizard's clerics of law or unbending paladins mm. and i'm just like ooh, and a very cool statements where you go oh yeah i like the sound of that so and they have this for each of the guilds this idea like statements which you go oh that does sound quite cool if you were trying to like i guess talk to your players like what would you like and then you could go oh do any of these statements appeal to you i thought that was quite good uh, and then obviously it goes into a bit of detail about it. You get this background. Yeah, the backgrounds are very interesting. And it has a similar thing to like Strixhaven as well, where you get particular proficiencies and backgrounds that work with the, the guilds, as well as guild spells um, mm. as well, which add to your spellcasting no matter what. So it, again, it, it highlights this in the same that, you know, you have these additional spells because the setting is a very magical setting and also yeah. they benefit your actual functioning in that guild and everyone else has them so it sort of balances out in that mm-hmm. in that regard so and i again i love that in strixhaven and yeah. i like it here a lot i like it here as well and i do like again with each of the guild spells it gives a little flavor about how what they look like mm. as well so for the azorius uh, your magic often takes on the form of blue or golden runes floating in the air glowing and circular patterns or shimmering azure barriers of magical energy like ooh, love that flavor is that that's pretty cool. As usual, with sort of these backgrounds, you get the suggested characteristics, obviously sort of ideals, bonds, mm. and flaws. But here's the interesting thing: it's context as well. Yes. So the idea that you would roll—I'm going to get this wrong because I only looked really at House Demir for this. So apologies. <laughs> this is me looking right the kind of. You roll twice on your in-guild contacts, and then once on a non-guild contact. And the two in-guilds are an ally and a rival. And then the non-Azorius contact, you can, it says either it could be an ally or rival or is a rival or is an ally. It could be either, depending on the guild's relationship between the two. Mm. But it's left up to your discretion. But yeah. I like the fact that you have, you do have at least one rival and one ally in your own guild, which makes for good conflict. Again, very similar to Rick, uh, Strixhaven away without that, mm. oh, well, you have one point against them, all this sort of thing. Mm. Or any, it isn't, yeah, with Strixhaven, um, it talks about obviously having these NPCs that have that can give you certain boons and banes and all that sort of thing. Not so much here, but I think that's okay because you have so much to be getting on with. Uh, it's only good. It's good for maybe like a an info, uh, not an info dumpster, but like an information point. It's a rival who's just slipped you something, and it's just like yeah. you've got this mission now. But yeah, this idea that certainly with the Azorius Senate, it's a sprawling bureaucracy, and so there's loads of people in different positions. So you, you're definitely going to mm. find something that can pull strings or find that other person that has the connection somewhere. So I just thought, again, a really good description of like what kind of context you should have from that. And again, you can look at these tables in your own time. We won't go into them in too much detail, but it's all 10 of these guilds have a lot of information about them, but also I think that's good because it's a good flavor. So you can really embed yourself into Ravnica as well. Mm. And then in that, as you said, talk about renown and the leveling up within the Mm. guilds, you can become a capital. Yes, you can become like one of the semi leaders of this thing. So that is just kind of, I don't know, it sets up that as we talked about that sort of campaign, that singular campaign of like rising to the top and sort of mm-hmm. and really getting ingratiated in one sort of of these of these guilds. With renown as well, just like piety in Mythic Odysseys and Theros, you don't have to have it in there. It is completely optional, but it is oh, quite yeah. fun because it certainly with the Azorius Senate is yeah. that it talks about here, for example, it is a certain rank so that you have to go through these things and get this sort of thing. Mm. But if you're like, if you're a law mage, you now get the title of Justicator. And, yes. all that, and it's just like, the bureaucracy of that yeah. is just ridiculous. And you get some flavor benefits in the sense of you don't, you won't go hungry, you've got lodgings, you've got more contact, all that sort of thing. But I just, for, certainly for the Azorius Senate, it was just quite fun how it, yeah. it does feel like you get a new title, yeah. write that down. <laughs> oh, but uh, it's just because then they're all names of people that are in, um, again, in the Warhammer books that I've read, like the, mm. the Eisenhorn, the, Inquis- in- uh, the Inquisition sort of ones that they do, and they have like arbiters and uh, judicars and stuff. And I was like, just kind of gave me those sort of feels so, like I was enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it talks about, again, further up you go, certainly on this stuff, you get like access to more people. So you oh, might yeah. get a, a squad of people that you have to organize. Yeah. And this, this is, it happens to a couple of guilds. And I'm just thinking to myself, that sounds like a nightmare as a player. Just like, okay, um, you guys do this, I guess. Like, yeah. again, it makes for an interesting storytelling. So going back to the yeah. idea of if you're a, a one-on-one one-shot or a, or a group of people, I think the one-on-one stuff, because as you said, you get higher and higher, so you become sort of almost like the, the advisor to the guild master. So you could be having one-on-one chats and influencing yeah. laws and stuff like that. Yeah. And what if you'd been corrupted in some way? What if there's a judge shred thing going on and you're just there going... Yeah. 
yeah, and you know maybe yeah. the other the one of the other um capitals is like oh something's not right no good up to exactly. no good yeah and also but if you became a capital you've got like the whole of this i want you to i'd be i'd be forcing that player some rousing speeches you know what i mean <laughs> come yeah. on yeah. This is oh, yeah. It'll be proper debates and um, yeah, what's the exactly. what's, what's the one where they prevent things from going through and then they have to talk for ages. Oh, um, oh, oh, geez. Uh, um, mm, filibuster. Oh. Filibuster. Filibuster. But yeah, that's essentially in a nutshell. That is the Azorius Senate. As one to start with, because obviously it's such a big backbone, you know, yeah. of the laws and stuff with the Living Guild Pack and stuff like that. It makes total sense to have that in in this first episode but also just to be aware of it i think you know you might not know much as a player about all the other ones but i think this is one you probably come into contact the most either because you're making laws or breaking them (laughs) (laughs) or enforcing them exactly so then the next one is the boros legion who yes. every time, which again yeah as i said are very much harmonium level this sort of idea of you make peace and uh, lawfulness by fighting people, <laughs> basically, yeah. and forcing people to be good. As in yeah. Like, yeah, and it's a bit, you know, there's always that tension in that idea. They were established to serve as the standing army at first, and then, mm-hmm. then they started turning into more of a law enforcement. And they have an angelic guildmaster. Yes, an archangel. Yes, so this idea that it's basically an army led by angels. And you might think, oh, that's good. And you go, that's probably not very good. That's probably, you're thinking again, obviously unrelated, but like Avernus, obviously you've got Zariel and that whole shebang of what's happening there. (laughs) Shebang. This idea that, yeah, this is what you described as before, this sort of zealousness and righteousness. It's like, we are right. We are going to bring the Mm. law. And it's, and it's, it's interesting to have this idea that you've got this mixture of humanoids or mortal races and angels. And it's this idea that the laws come down from the angels and you have to obey because you know they are deeply respected. You know they 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 have strategic war leaders and all that sort of thing. It's just, yeah, it's it's a scary one. I think they do have a bit of the Robin Hoodness to them as well. As well, they're trying yes. to maintain like stopping criminals who exploit people and pesticides. So they've got a little bit of positive morality as well. I guess, <laughs> I guess it's yeah. they're passionate yeah. they about are. the pursuit Passion- of justice. That's what they say, passionate. Passionate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're also very nervous about this guild pact leaving and therefore are very much in a heightened state of preparedness. Yeah. yeah, on always on alert. So yes, yeah, so looking at this, they're uh, usually good, often a line if you're playing a character that's from the Boros mm. Legion. Uh, suggested races include human, goblin, and minotaur. There's a big section on about minotaurs on this one, which I thought was actually fun actually, because uh, mm. minotaurs uh, they appear in uh, Theros as well, and they get they get a bit of a rep, I think, in Theros. Suggested classes: cleric, uh, fighter, paladin, ranger, wizard. Consider the Boros Legion if one of the following statements rings true for you. So you're drawn to the idea. Ideal of the knight in shining armor, which is gr- I think that's a great thing because you're like, yeah, that's that sounds good, and you go, oh, probably not because no. <laughs> of what it stands for. You like playing clerics, paladins, or disciplined fighters. Smiting foes with holy radiance fills you with righteous joy. <laughs> and then, oh, you want to protect the innocent and fighting for justice. That's like the last little, little thing. I mean, that. that's that's the only one I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe. But the other ones, I'm like, nope, mm, nope. They're basically focusing on martial training, study yeah. of magic, and military magic. So, yeah. and so with that, with the backgrounds, you gain uh, the spells. You gain are very much like sacred flame and heroism and beacon of hope and binding smite and all those sorts of spells. Flame strike, yeah, <laughs> flame strike, yeah. It's just a characteristic. So it talks about this uh, this legion being a zealous army full of righteous energy tempered with military discipline. Mm. So if, if you're not sure how that you think that oh it's everyone's really passionate, but there is a discipline there. They're not going to go gun ho mm. compared to some of the other guilds. Yeah, this idea that they are devoted to the ideal of justice, or they find mm. satisfaction in more warfare oriented aspects of the legion's work. So that's that's the way you sort of should think about when you're creating a character, like what sort of attitudes or what sort of like maybe beliefs uh, you you will be holding if you're part of this guild. Mm. Looking at the contact stuff, you you the order structure of the Boros Legion offers like loads of opportunities to make friends and rivals in higher places. So this idea that there's a fucking angel that hates your guts. <laughs> I just I don't like you, Smith, <laughs> like Private Smith or whatever. 
But again, that idea that you know your close friends and contacts in other guilds will have an emphasis on order and community in some way, or you'll have enemies that are you know against that, so chaos and destruction. So again, if you were just rolling on the table, you're like, oh, okay. This is the tension that we have between us. Well, I think when you read the how do I fit in chapter uh, yes. bit of it, it's like it goes literally says, what are you doing? Bring endangered threats like the Radkos and Gruul in line. Then it goes like you want to stop the shipments of rot infested vegetation from the Golgari, the violent uprising among the guildless. You also don't like the Dumir spies, not really keen about the overzealous or corrupt senators. And you don't like the experiments that everyone else is doing. So who do you like? No one. <laughs> that is basically what it says. You're basically at war with everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, you're, you're like, well, we are right, but we're justified in finding justice. Exactly. No, absolutely. So you're not going to have that many, <laughs> that many friends. Here's the interesting one in in uh, the Boris Legion. So the the ranks and stuff. Yeah, you have the normal sort of like sergeant uh, going mm. up to uh, brigadier, uh, captain, commander. But you also have special roles, mm. and this is where if you were like, you know what, I want to do, I want to be uh, a fighter pilot you go mm. cool there's a role for that it's called the sky knight where you mount on skyjet rocks and patrol the skies above ravnica yeah. i mean uh, that i was kind of like yes. kind of cool very kinda cool. cool and the next one kind of cool because i quite like the idea of the military intelligence role which is the yes. war jack which would be yes. like you, I, I kind of like that sort of that sort of federy of independence and that sort of like you could be the not so righteous you know it's not that you're the more like mi5s that are just like sneaking around being a bit sneaky sneaky but not doing it for like but doing it to try and get like secret intelligence and stuff like that and kind of which i know is what the dimir are more but there's it, it's kind of i just kind of like that yeah i think out of all those sort of renowned ranks the sky knights and the wojek they are the most mm. interesting parts of it mm. and those are special roles as well so mm. if as long as you make meet the sort of prerequisites which is usually like oh you've got this renowned or higher then mm. you'll get into it. and again talk to your dm about it if it's mm. like oh i really want to try this because i love the idea that you have you have a a, a boris legion party that's all uh sky knights or they're all wojeks and they're, they're finding out you know, intelligence yeah. and stuff like that yeah so you could have a proper like yeah undercover mission and stuff you're trying mm. to root out house demir spies and stuff That's... yeah exactly shall we move on to uh, yes. the best guild you know what <laughs> yeah they are pretty cool i'm not gonna lie they are pretty cool. best guild for this episode how's yeah, that how's there they are so actually cool. these are these are the ones where i did think oh these these are the the sort of the killing eve uh the 12 that sort of thing or assassin's creed i thought in a way as well this idea that mm. you have a guild that is non-existent like hidden in the shadows mm. again i love this like this facade of like well we are the messenger service we're just sending out couriers and stuff mm. like that but then it's all a big front for like spies and secrecy and i just and the idea that the work the guild's work is hidden even from its own members so this is where like i see this one-on-one role play sort of thing coming to it because you don't know who your contacts are you mm. don't know any of this so that idea that you could just suddenly get a mission and then you're like, cool, I'll just go off on that way. But also, if you're in a party as a house demir person, you have a false identity. You you would pretend to be a part of another guild, and you get like some starting equipment and some other bits from that from that second facade thing. But you're always reporting back to house yeah. demir. <gasps> and I do like the sort of like you know only knows each other by a code name or receives you know, only by a particular meeting spot, a specific space. So there is, it's a bit more of that military, like, that sort of MI5-ness, that sort of secret, so like the eagle has landed. And, uh, what happens when the moon hits the elephant? Oh, it falls on the floor. <laughs> you know, like that's... The elephant has left the room, the yeah. only elephant in the room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just kind of, I've got to admit, it is really cool. So they have a special sort of mm. feature of spell. I know you mm. sort of talk about the spells. This idea of spell, of encode thoughts, and mm. this idea of being telepathic so that you could get some piece of information and pull it out of your head a bit pensive style like from mm. um, Harry Potter and you can have it it's almost like a ribbon it describes it as mm. like this sort of thing and you can get key information even from yourself and have it there or from presumably somebody that you're interrogating perhaps or um, all that sort of thing and I just mm. was like ooh so I love that this idea you get access to this uh, spell encode for the other one I like that they get is meld into stone because that's actually a really cool oh, one that so more cool. people use but it, 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 it and it's also, it's kind of, is it normally a druid spell, I think, isn't it? And so it's not one that generally you get as a rogue, but really cool if you are a rogue. <laughs> Again, this idea that 
you know, knowledge is power and everything is so secret to tidy yourself to. So, yeah, so if you're uh, looking at Demir characters, uh, you've got obviously neutral, sometimes evil. So I mm-hmm. like that idea that you aren't instantly evil yeah. in this one. Uh, Half-elf and human are suggested races. Uh, classes are monk, rogue, and wizard is suggested mm-hmm. as well. Following statements, if you enjoy these, if you want to play in House of Demir, you love subterfuge, intrigue, and deception. Tick. You like playing rogues, spies, and assassins? Tick. The idea of stealing forts instead of treasure has a special appeal to you. Uh, tick. Big tick. Uh, <laughs> big tick. Um, and then here's the interesting one. You want to deceive your fellow players without necessarily betraying them. Massive tick. <laughs> Ooh. Because I the tension that yeah, you would have exactly. having that little secret as a... as a oh. That sort of military, that MI5, like, that you're still always battling against your... Like, the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy sort of, like... Yeah. Can you really trust anyone who's in in the intelligence service? Well, of course you can't, and you can never trust even the people you work with. And there was a saying in that Slow Horses that's just come out, which is like, there's Moscow rules and London rules. And Moscow rules is you're you're looking in front at the Mm. dangers in front. When you're in London, you're always looking at the dangers from behind. Because it's like, who's going to stab you in the back when you're at home? Mm. So I kind of like that. That kind of made me think of that. That's really good. You begin your house and house demirs again, and when you join, you start off with like the small missions, and then you make your you go your way up, and you sort of mm. engage in like surveillance, maybe theft, mm. maybe you're stealing stuff from other guilds, like hampering their attempts for something. And like, I, I like that that idea that you're not mm. deliberately; it's not an all-out attack, which some of the other guilds might do. But it's all sort of secretive, like we just uh, keep saying the idea of that. It's all behind closed doors, and nobody really knows who who it is. I love the idea. He's saying like a singular campaign, like a really tension-filled one would be like the one they mentioned, you're infiltrating like the Azorius or like another like uh, guild and you're getting higher up and they're going to find me out. And like there's little moments and you can have moments when they sort of like they talk, you know, someone's hinting at something. Do they know? Do they know? Or maybe one of the other people in there is actually another operative Mm. from the Demir and and then suddenly you find out and it's like a massive twist that like... I know it could be really cool, and this yeah. has real dishonored vibes. Actually, that just remind me because that sort of like that sort of era and and the art. I must admit, the art in this is again. I keep going back to it. Really cool. The art's really good. You know what? This is the first time I've seen it, and maybe it's just because it's D and D Beyond, and maybe because it's a Magic the Gathering, the first one. It has all the artists underneath. We mentioned each... this before. Yeah, I was noticing that. I was going to say that. I was like, yeah, really great. Really positive thing. Yeah, because I was like, oh. And then I was like, is this a... I generally thought, has this been an update to D&D Beyond? And then I looked at it, I was like, no. <laughs> I guess it's probably because they are famous uh, magic artists. Yeah, they must be used from Magic the Gathering, so maybe there has to be an agreement for that. But you still think, like... Oh, no, but I think maybe I think people probably follow... I think there's a big following of artists in the magic scene. That makes sense. In, that's what I think. So people are aware of these names as well. So I think that's why. Uh, I, that I, makes I, a I lot think. more sense. Next up, the Golgari Swarm. The Golgari Swarm. Golgari. Yes. I think it needs to have a little bit of like Golgari. Got to have a little bit of like a role in it. Yeah, teeming masses that compose uh, the swarm see themselves as pragmatic above all else, mm. uncowed by the simple fact that death is a part of life cycle. So instantly, this guild has such a cool motivation for grabbing power because mm. mm. it's like this, this was inevitable. This was mm. inevitable. This would happen. So we're just mm. claiming what is inevitable, and there's no, there's no reasoning in that. Oh. But there's 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 a factions in Sigil similar. The Doomsguard, who is like the uh, everything is entropy, and therefore all we're doing is helping it along. But it's a similar thing. It's like why not? That's what you know. It's all going to go to rot in the end. They've got Gorgons in the Golgari, which again, there's definitely a lot of links to Theros, as you said, with mm. with um with that, which is kind of cool. And the Insectile Crawl, which uh, yeah, are a new one spooky. for me as well. Being alive is not a prerequisite for leadership. Uh, which is always a great line, I think. So you've got liches in here as well. To be honest, I've worked with a couple of practices like that. Hey. <laughs> Again, that's sort of subtle working stuff as well. They don't want to get too much attention on them straight away because obviously they'll be taken over. But this idea that they're slowly working towards it and this this idea that they're just like, you know, it's about growth and vibrancy of the natural world. Yeah. Uh, you know, this idea of destruction, decay and death and everything mm. finds a way and just... This patience about it. That's it's like very it yeah. follows. 
it takes its time. Mm. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. That's, oh, yeah. scary. Yeah, definitely. And again, the artwork, this one of that massive sewer with these skulls on like catacomb mm-hmm. things. It's like, it's kind of creepily, but it's really, yeah, it's really well done, I think. This, yeah, similar to a swarm of insects, the Golgari collective behave more like a single organism than a scattering of individuals. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's got that definitely that feel to it. All right, quickly talk about the characters as usual. The sort of alignments mm. usually neutral, often evil <laughs> compared mm. to sometimes evil. Uh, suggested races are human again, elves, dark elves. Uh, suggested classes of druid, fighter, ranger, rogue, wizard. The Golgari swarm uh, will suit your character if one of the one or more of the following statements are true. You're drawn to the darker side of nature or the greener side of necromancy. <laughs> the greener side of necromancy. Beautiful, beautiful. Which just makes uh, me think of pus, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you were drawn to sinister, creepy, or grim characters. Yeah, uh, I see. This is that's when I thought maybe Fiona, but it's too rotty for Fiona. I thought it's, yeah. it can be get it gets a bit squeamish, I guess. But I like yeah. I like that. I'll tell you, I I do see them. If I would play a character, I'd be like, hello. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I'm, a fung- I'm a fungal druid which is what they're going to say but you think like do you know what were they called Sp- uh, spores circle of spores yeah the circle of spores which came out in this book as well so yes I, I'm a fun hello. guy are you going to be that <laughs> hello hello and finally you like elves and druid but want to explore an unusual direction perfect mm. I love yeah all that sort of thing it's good but like you said this idea that it, everyone acts as one organism to the point where uh, jumping ahead a little bit this idea that um, you're renowned stuff it literally as you go up the ranks it's just because the guildmaster knows your name at some point and will ask for you by name rather than just like uh, you all go and do this thing which I love I think this this one would be like I, I would see the Golgari as a, as a definitely like okay everyone is a Golgari party we're doing it together as a sort of one shot sort of thing but i just love this idea that you know oh, i am a bug but they know my name <laughs> like oh i have been chosen yeah it's like was it say the creature you get you, you can ask more monstrous members after the favors what renowned 10 so that uh, you know you can ask them to help you Creature's not obligated to, if it holds you in high enough seam, to at least consider it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of like, you at least get the chance to ask where they'll go, no. <laughs> but yeah. like, you got in the room. I, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, it's that sort of apathy about mm. everything. It sort of goes along with that sort of thing. It's just, it's, oh, it's great. And they also have like a feature, which is like, you know, the underground hidden pathways. And so when you move throughout the city and travel between two locations, you're twice as fast you know, it haunted by dangers, so it's not necessarily going to be safer, but you at least know about, you know, it's a bit like difficult terrain, that sort of being able to pass, with um, the Black Rangers, I think that's the other thing. The skilled spells, you've got very typical ones, you know, like Ray of Sickness, Protection from Poison, uh, Animate Dead, Plant Growth, so again, that life and death balance, which we see in um, Witherbloom, that sort of Strixhaven, sort of um, mm. uh, what I call uh, the Potions Slytherin house. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I'm just staring at the art again. Some of the again, it's just it's so right. cool. This like underground sort of like inverted tower is so cool, mm-hmm. and it really gives that sense of it. This sort of like very slightly culty uh, sort of feel to it well, as well. Which it's a bit like they're trying to advance mm. for the greater good of everyone, mm. right? It's to get that that greater good, the common oh, goal yeah. again. It's all it's all connected, isn't it? Mm. Really, definitely. Like you could see people getting interested in playing that sort of like if you wanted to go down that. At least having some missions that involve that guild, you know what I mean? Maybe not being uh, in that guild itself, but definitely coming across them on a, on a regular basis. Yeah, maybe you'd have like, I maybe you had this in Dragon Heist, I don't know, but this idea that you would have a meeting of certain guild members or certain things. And mm-hmm. obviously everyone's, you know, there's a representation from every guild place. And then you have, oh, they're here. Hello, are we late? <laughs> we brought snacks. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! Oh, sorry. We should have, we should have cleaned them. <laughs> oh, and they're just drooling on them. They're just like gobbling everywhere. Yeah. It also yeah. reminds me of another Naruto character. Uh, talking about Naruto characters, the one who has mm. all the ants that is con- little the ants yeah. control uh, the beetles and stuff that can steal. Oh chakra yeah, people. definitely. <laughs> Let's talk about the final one then, the Gruul clans. The Gruul clans, yeah, our barbarians. Sort of mentioned at the beginning, so they basically hate civilization. They think it'd be just better if we just go back to pure wilderness Mm. that thrived before the city of Ravnica grew. 
so mm. that true order of nature can be restored and... yeah and it's not it's not nature in the sort of uh, hippy happy one that i liked it's the nature in the sense of civilization is a source of oppression and weakness <laughs> But I like the idea that they haunt like alleyways, abandoned ruins and stuff like that. So these sort of like those sort of post-apocalyptic scenes of sort of things that kind of comes to mind, Definitely. which is that. And so here you have it's a it's, compared to all the guilds where there was a vague sort of structure or some sort of hierarchy or even just an organism. If you're looking at the mm. Golgari form, here is actually it's a it's a collection of sort of mm. disparate clans. So there's no single leader or there's no sort of headquarters because they are on the fringes of Ravnica society, but they will respect strength and a willingness to follow a strong individual that points them in the direction that follows their mm. ideals. But as a result, obviously, that means it cuts down to several different you know, main clans that you could be a part of or that you know about. But then the leaders of them could change within days yeah. uh, just because there's that sort of show for power and strength. So, so you've got conflict between guilds and then conflict between clans and then within the clan itself. So there's all this level of conflict you could could have if you cho- uh, chose to be part of the Gruul clans. And obviously for, for them, they had one of their original leaders got the coolest name, Lord of Chaos. But yeah, what's quite sad about it, though, in some ways is that because this city has now grown to expand the whole of pretty much the whole of the planet, this idea that they used to live um, the most remote part of the civilized world, that because of the expansion, they now they now are forced into living in the cities, but where mm. there's parkland and ruins, basically, which is yeah. kind of, there's definitely yeah. a sadness to it. Which is... Yeah, that they've just been sort of um, uprooted and, and yeah, displaced is the word I'm looking for, yeah. Uh, and it's interesting again. So the the goals and sort of the philosophy behind them, really. Mm. I mean, there is this obviously the aggressionness and the, mm. I'll say it, the savagery of it, which is maybe not great for where we are now. But it talks about this idea that you're driven by impulse, and it's about living in the now with little concern for forethought, planning, or speculation. They just want to get stuff done. Like mm. it's it's not working right now. So what can I do to fix it in this moment right now? And they just want to, they just want to live their lives unimpeded, and they just want to. Mm. And they'll 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 lash out and they'll just get angry because they're just merely existing and not thriving, which mm. is oh it's so sad. And yeah, this emotion and impulsive compared to say the other clans, you know, when you think you like everything else is sort of I think very restrained. So you think the Azorius Senate and the mm. and the House Demir, they're obviously very sort of they keep their cards close to their chest and the the Boris Legion, they they're like passionate about what they do, but with a certain military precision yeah. and stuff. And it's yeah compared to the group who's like fuck this actually fuck this you know exactly and also with this you get a little bit of you get the different clans that you can look at and joining so there's a little bit more selection amongst them in terms of different ideals which without going too deep into them they all they all have a little bit of a a separate little flavor to each of them which is quite interesting and i guess compared to the other guilds as well this gives you room to create your own clan if you wanted Mm. to and that sort of thing because there's there's a load of them uh, and you're like whoa which is okay, great because again maybe again that's what the um in the in the magic the gathering setting they have a full rooted history and stuff um obviously i haven't played it or anything like that and it makes sense if they've got eight card sets maybe there's a whole uh gruel hmm. clan as well but looking at the characters they usually chaotic often neutral alignment so again not necessarily evil which is great uh suggested races are human centaur goblin and minotaur so centaurs get a look in on this one which is cool mm. suggested classes barbarian cleric druid fighter ranger you might enjoy playing a character who belongs to the gruel clans if one or more of the following statements is true you enjoy playing rage mad barbarians and savage druids mm. tick you want to throw off the shackles of civilization and indulge your inner beast <laughs> you, you, you do play it, all rage barbarians I do you? Yeah. <laughs> you like being a force of chaos who keeps things moving in your adventures tick tick Classic I don't have tick. time for planning I don't have time for planning <laughs> so so I guess if you're playing it like that then that could be quite interesting and again if you're having a party that's made up of different characters of, from different guilds throwing a gruel, a, a gruel clan membership into the mix that'll be fun because uh, yeah. you'll be like there's always like I can imagine it's like always house demir people going okay so we're just gonna we're just gonna keep calm into shadows and then you just go I hit it with an axe yeah. no yeah fight now <laughs> plan dinner <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, they yeah <laughs> they are a lot of fun I think as well just thinking of like a campaign that you could play and I think it could be something interesting particularly in the current 
climate that we live in, yeah. that there is a, you know, you could, there's a lot of symbolism that you could play on the, the change in, you know, the industrialization and civilization, you know, over population, urbanization of the yes. world. It's kind of an interesting piece. And even if you don't play in the clans, it's definitely a, a theme that you could have running through your campaign about the sort of, because there's another, uh, we'll get onto next week, but deals with uh, nature and relationship to nature. And I think that mm. it's a very interesting theme. Something I wanted to play when we do our, did our City Myth campaign, which I never got round to, but that sort of theme of urbanization. Yeah, because it doesn't seem, it, it seems like an unusual one for a, a D&D campaign, but here in Ravnica, mm. totally makes sense. And again, and going back to that whole sort of overview of it, yeah, it's a world with 10 clans fighting for power. Mm. But actually, if you look at it, it's like, what kind of power? What are their motives? Yeah. And it's actually very rich and you can do so many cool stories with it yeah because it's not necessarily power it's just yeah. again it like the i'm gonna keep going back to it the sort of philosophical nature of it the, that which it allows yeah. you to open up in your games which is what planescape does and what this is actually does a little bit because of that it gives you some philosophical things to mull over in your campaigns yeah, if you're interested Absolutely. And just, yeah, just to quickly round off, so the mm. renowned stuff for the gruel, renowned amongst the gruel could also be called glory. So it's when you prove yourself in battle and earn the respect of your fellows. Mm. So again, it's interesting here, the, the, the sort of like, you are proven, you're a beast, and you're celebrated, you're a chieftain. That's sort of like that you've mm. you've won, you've you've gone and done the thing, yeah. what you set out to do. And mm. it's that that I quite like that. Again, it's such a, all these sort of rank and renown stuff. Again, they're all sort of flavoursome stuff, and you can get more allies and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So you don't need them, but I think it just ties in so well. And I, I think they're also very thematic, and they've really yeah. been thought about, which I really. Can really I say, like the personality traits the only ones that i actually want to make a note of are these because i found them quite funny because they are good and they really hit the mark the other yeah. ones all do but these ones are more in entertaining mm, in the sense so you've got the i'm not gonna say all of them but one of them are like go ahead and insult me i dare you <laughs> sort of thing. Oh, that's pretty that. cool don't tell me i'm not allowed to do something <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. I, oh, that. I like that. Uh, there's a couple of others that are great, but one of my favourite is I rarely form a coherent sentence and prefer to express myself by breaking things. <laughs> they're really, they're such good. They were really good ones. I think they really yeah, hit a mark. There's a, there's a bond here that goes and then in brackets, I will do anything to prove myself greater than my siblings or ancestors. Yeah. <laughs> so. and, and then, yeah, and the ideal is to live is to feel and express the rage burning in your belly <laughs> but it, it's like it, it has like a very coherent sentence afterwards and, and then one of the, D, the D6 floors one on the 6 is like I'm actually not all that angry <laughs> <laughs> Is it that is a whistle stop tour yeah. for the first five things, and I like I I, yeah. I know it's a whistle stop tour, but there's so much to them, and it's I this I mean we've only barely touched the surface of all five of them, but there's so much, there's so many characters that I can suddenly visualize and go, oh that'll be good yeah. for this campaign, oh that'll be good for that, oh that'll be good for this, and so I'm just like mm, yeah. really Even... I'm actually really excited about Ravnica. I didn't think I would be. Yes, I totally agree. It's not what I thought it was going to be. No. Totally not not how it was. I thought it was going to be very much more, uh, slightly more cyberpunky, like yeah. steampunky, Eberron esque. I thought it was going to be Eberron esque. Yeah, that's and, what it looked like from the image. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's it. it the image, uh, the front, kind of gives that co- kind of quality to it. And then, so I wasn't expecting the setting, nor was I expecting the sort of political intrigue element of it at all either. Even though it said guilds, I thought it was just like. I don't know guild wars or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, oh, guild that wars! MMO, <laughs> MMO from years ago that I played for like ten mm. hours or something like that. I, I enjoyed it, and it, I it, it's not like I'm going to rush out and play a Ravnica game like when no. we when we read Spelljammer and Ghostwalk, where I was like every moment like oh, loving every single bit of this, and this I want to put in everything I do. Mm-hmm. I definitely though could see if I had more time than I had wanting to play this. But I think as well for me, going from what I did, obviously I know next week we've got the other five clans, which I'm sure mm. we'll, we'll, when we get to them, I'll be like, oh, that makes sense why there's, there's this on the cover. Oh, oh, this makes sense. And it adds more yes. to it. I think to me, 10 guilds is a lot. Mm. It makes sense for a world, but I guess what it makes me feel like is like, well, if I want my worlds, my worlds to have this political campaign stuff, I can lift certain things from these 
yeah, guilds. 100%. These like take these five, and that, you can always fill in the others if you need to. But I, I just think like as a starting go, I could even say you could use them as this is a city's ruling theology or whatever. If you know, what I mean, theology is not right with ideology. Yeah, it's like like yeah, yeah, each yeah you could have like sort of like the gruels that they're on the fringes of that civilization mm. stuff, and then you have the four sort of. Uh, one that's, uh, like the the Golgari is all swampland. House Demir is always very, very tall buildings with very yeah. imposing sort of blade. Or like you could have two as like the, the opposing forces in the city or something like that. I think you're right. It's like distilling those down, just because from a DM's point of view, isn't it? It's that sort of managing that level of of information as well yeah. is always difficult. So I think yeah. yeah. Compared to other books we've read recently, other campaigns stuff, there's not necessarily a primer. Four players, but like here is what you need to know about Ravnica in twenty pages. Mm. Like, like for me, like I and yeah. I know this is such a tiny, tiny thing. I couldn't find the welcome, welcome to Ravnica on D and D Beyond um, Where is because it? so if you go to the page, this is such a stupid thing. So if you go to the actual like index of it, oh, it's actually cool. Yeah, you have to go view welcome. Yeah, that's where that's where that first chapter is. That first like couple of pages is. I never found it because I. I went to the wiki you sent me because I couldn't find it. <sighs> yeah, that is why. Because I was thinking it does. It goes straight into choosing character yeah. creation, chapter one. I read like all of that, and I was like, I don't really know anything about the yeah. campaign. I'm really because worried because that's when you you sent me the the thing. I haven't read it. I literally only I watch videos and read the wiki. So just to describe to the listeners, so on uh, the D and D Beyond, so you have what normally happens is that you have the list of like contents and stuff like that, but they also have at the top like join the the guild. You know, it says a little bit of introduction, and it goes normally just says view cover art, doesn't it? Yeah, and then it also there's a button next to it that says in agree button, which you would just normally ignore, and it just says view welcome, and it's several pages of stuff which you. It's, it's the introduction to like what is Ravnica the whole stuff about the guild pact uh, which is kind of important you know, when you press that button on the dragon heist one because I was just there checking stuff mm-hmm. it also gives you the pronunciation guide wow <laughs> so That's, so um, wow well, now we know now we know, now we know dragon we yeah <laughs> so I'm just saying like if you're looking for things it doesn't have it for this for this one but I'm just saying that we've not been finding it because because it calls it the foreword on on Waterdeep Dragon High, so you think, well, this is going to be like, hey, you know, simple, you know, which it is, but it's also got the pronunciation guide under there. Read everything. That's what we've discovered. Like, check, Press always every read the button. Always read the plaque. That's what ninety nine percent invisible always says. Always read the plaque. Yeah. So the only reason I discovered that was because I read my actual um, physical copy Book. of Guildmaster because I wanted to check something up, and I was like. Wait, there's like a whole ten pages here that there's I... loads of information here that I just yes. I, I thought I thought it was very weird, and I thought maybe it's in like the later because we've read a few books, Fiona, and we've yep. read a few books where the order of them. I don't know who Wizards of the Coast were playing or smoking at the time when they thought about putting <laughs> this in, yeah. putting them what they were doing, but they they seriously do think it's a fun like spell jammer when they the introductory book was 195 pages into the pdf so that stuff we said at the beginning about the history mm. and the guild past flat you'd find it there and mm. it also it talks about like what it's like living in ravnica the currency is different zibs and zions um like what the mm. what the civilization like comfort is like uh languages you know it's all that sort of thing is at yeah. the front and so that would be the primer i would give to players yeah. like read the welcome of this and then like I, like I said maybe do like a two-page synopsis of each of the guilds and then yeah. those people who want the guilds can read the full section 100 percent. i'd also say there are some cool new races in ravnica guide uh one of which we do use in our show which is the vidalcan which is a really cool like mix mm. of changeling and goblins which I, I think is really cool, and I hadn't really uh, learnt much about them until we we rolled them randomly on our game show, and I was like, and we've got, and they're very, they're they're just an interesting seeking perfection and changing themselves to sort of find the the sort of their their sort of inner expression externally and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and and I don't know, just an interesting. A couple of interesting, yeah. um, worth it for some of those, and you get loxodons as well. Oh, loxodons, yeah. yeah. We'll have to we'll have to do our own another sort of delve into races specific to this campaign setting because or just I don't... other campaign settings that like the sort of esoteric like that you might only get if you buy Theros or you, which I think yeah. they are now bringing into. 
the uh, Mordekainen Presents. Yeah, Mordekainen Presents. So that's we can maybe do a bit then. Most of them will be, but I'm thinking like the Veldelkin and Loxodon, I think they're only specific really to Ravnica. So they might not appear in that book. Hamilton, thank you so much for this first part of uh, Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, the first five guilds. What are you up to? What's going on? Where... What what's new with I you, don't know my friend? Where we, I don't know where we are. I don't know where I don't know when this is coming out. But we will still be running through our Shattered Realm Darkest timeline on Dragon's Jewel, which is I found out today is in the top one point five two percent of Twitch streams. Ooh, how exciting. <laughs> if you want to join that party, we are but we are running through that and we will be moving towards endgame probably by the time this comes out. So there'll be big battles with Karaptis, if you know your you have played White Blue Mountain, uh, which Fiona did. So I did. Uh, I died. You died. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then maybe Morgborg might not play now. I don't Fingers know. Crossed. I don't Fingers know. Crossed. Who knows? I might be doing something with that, uh, playing that game. And uh, yeah, what about what, when, how, who, where? <laughs> yes. Every yes. Time now. So. Every time now, we'll we'll get the order it's eventually. Of, it's, I want it, it's my new way instead of saying like how's where going and you say it's going fantastic. It's our new one. It's our own one. <laughs> it's our own little one. So yes, where or what am I rolling is a twice monthly RPG one shot podcast. As always, it's going very very well. Things are happening. I also don't know what's going out at this time. Um, I think long haul nineteen eighty three. Come on, like I know. You I keep said teasing it, like... it every time. I know. I know. It's it's coming out. I promise it's coming out. Um, what what it's all, needs it, to happen? What needs to happen? Uh, no more no more interviews with Free League. That's what needs to happen. <laughs> no, I, I believe... Have you just not edited? Is it needs editing still? No, no, no. It's, it's all done. It's already scheduled. But because the things with Free League were coming out April, well, yeah. uh, I kind of was like, well, they should probably come out before then. So No, that makes sense. So it, it is does... ready to go. It just needs to get uploaded. It's Yeah, it should be out uh, beginning of May. But that who knows when that is when compared to this episode. We've got other things coming up. So we've got Numenera... Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got paranoia. We've got user is typing message sent. We've got probably uh, you awaken in a strange place. Oh, loads oh, yeah, of things coming out. So mm. yeah, so we've got loads, loads of cool, fun things coming up, which are, have been recorded. I need to edit, but yeah, they're all they're all good to go. So yes, and then finally, 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 also, 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 we have an offer code for third space gaming which is you got your hands ready uh if you type in the offer code dmbc into checkout uh you get 10 percent off your first order and that could be on dnd books it could be other rpg things could be paints mm. could be minis the choice is yours that's dmbc for 10 percent off your first order mm. at checkout at third space gaming and there we go well what else well, is there about to say then see you, see on, you the on the flip, flip side, side. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>